Thank you all so much for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Free and available wherever you find folks, get your podcast. On today's episode, oh yeah, oh yeah, Victory Monday, because that's just what we do. For the seventh time this season, yeah, we're breaking down a win from your undefeated Michigan State Spartans. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy October 18th, and more importantly, happy for the seventh time this year, happy Victory Monday. That's right, your Spartans are, as we all predicted for the year, uh, 7-0. I mean, we all saw this coming, duh. Um, yeah, this is the Locked on Undefeated Spartans podcast. That's right, that's the new title of the show. I am your host, Matt Sheehan, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast that you ever so generously listen to for your first listen every single day. You guys are the best in the world. Love you all. If you guys ever want to reach out, uh, hit me up at LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. Uh, for questions, comments, or if you got to get some hot takes off your chest, uh, okay, go for it. Let her rip, baby. Um, on today's show, yeah, no duh, we are going to be talking about the game from Saturday. Um, and I, hey, I'm not as worried as most people are, which is probably not what you were expecting to hear, because if you guys know me, if you guys listen to this podcast, I can freak out a little bit more than others, but no, we'll maybe save that for segment three, because, uh uh-huh, that's right. It ain't just going to be talking about the win today. No, we uh, got to talk about what's going on in Baton Rouge. Coach Ed Orgeron is out after this season. And yeah, hey, when you're 7-0, and your coach is going to be rumored to be jumping ship and taking some big, big jobs. So yeah, we'll uh, get into that segment three a little bit. Going over why he would go, why he wouldn't go. Yeah, all, all that jazz. So, But hey, until then, we'll have some fun. We'll, we'll talk about the win, no doubt. No doubt. Um, if you missed the game whatsoever for any reason. Uh, yeah, hey, your, your Spartans did it to the, um, you know, the very traditional football score of 20 to 15. I mean, God, if I had a dollar for every time I've seen a 20 to 15 football game, I would be the owner of one dollar probably. But yeah, you know what? Um, it was not great. It was not uh, sexy football. It was not the, the way that we're accustomed to watching MSU win this year. You know what, though? Like, you are allowed to do this. Like th- This happens in college football. And I'm talking at the grand scheme of things. Like Very rarely in the history of the game. You can maybe count on one hand, maybe two hands, maybe borrow a foot. They- they've been playing college football for quite some time. But it very rarely in the history of the-, the sport of college football does a team pitch a perfect season. Where they have 12 perfect weeks or 13 or 15 weeks now. Where they are just on their game every single Saturday, or they don't run into a team that has a perfect scheme against them every single week. The only team I could really think of that maybe had that in recent memory is 2019 LSU, and we'll talk about LSU later. That 2019 LSU team, special. Like, that's probably the best team ever assembled in college football. We can go back and look at our beloved teams. 2013 Michigan State, what an incredible season. Like, they, they still had off weeks. 2015 season, like, you know, they still had off weeks where they had to traverse some muddy waters to get to a victory. Or, if they're in Lincoln, Nebraska, not so much. But, hey, didn't matter. Won the Big Ten Championship anyway. 
Yeah, it's, it's very hard to, to run the table and play the way you want to play every single game. And yes, that means sometimes that your Heisman hopeful running back is going to be held to 80-something yards and 3.7 yards per carry, okay? It means that sometimes uh, both Reed and Naylor are going to have quiet games. But you know what? A, a lot of good teams win games are supposed to, sure. But I, I think it really says something about a team if they can push through when it's not their day clearly, still find a way to win that game. And... Listen, also, we are accustomed to Michigan State, against all odds, we are accustomed to Michigan State winning through fireworks on offense. That's not to say, though, that, that it was a bad game all around. I think that, you know, and not all of us, but I think a good number of us are forgetting that. The other side of the field, that Spartan defense, they balled out. They completely balled out. So, uh, was it perfect for the defense? I, no, I mean, n- nothing's ever perfect. I mean, I could really do without giving up, you know, third and 13s or third and 10s all the time. But hey, I, I digress. What I will take, though, is their 3.7 yards per play that they've allowed. And that's just not good. That That is like elite level defense right there. They, they saw 88 plays from the Hoosiers. That's a lot of plays. And they kept them to just 3.7 yards per play. Now, okay, just Jack Tuttle missing three automatic touchdowns help. Yeah, it does, but hey, we're not here to talk about that. Um, they did everything else great. I mean, pull out the bingo card. You know I'm going to say next. Their bend, don't break defense was amazing. Again, it's still sustainable. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. Uh, their first two trips, the Hoosiers, first two trips inside the 10-yard line. No, that's, uh, that's going to end in a field goal for you guys. That's right. No, we're not going to let you go any further. Um, the way they responded to at the end of the game, especially after... Michigan State's ridiculous shot for the end zone when they're in field goal range. Anyway, I digress. Uh, Closing out the game. Okay, they just got off the field. They had an incredible stop. Offense gets the ball back. Great. All right, two plays later. Uh, Sorry, defense. We're going to need your uh, heroics one more time. And right out the gate, sack, sack. No, they just showed up to the occasion whenever they were called on to do it. Um, So, no, I I don't think that it's, it's worth panicking for you know we'll get into it next segment as to why Kenneth Walker was bottled up a little bit and why I'm not again too panicked about it no I don't think this means that oh MSU is overrated at number nine in the country oh this is a game Indiana should have won like okay sure like yeah Indiana like probably do a little few things better to get the win but no I don't think this is a reason to say MSU is overrated the defense has been on point for the better part of the year. Like, the offense, I mean, I, I don't think I saw Reed, Naylor, and Kenneth Walker and Peyton Thorne leave the game in a stretcher. Like, no, those guys are still on the team. Like, they will have big plays in the future here. I mean, listen, yeah, Indiana, they, they got you, okay? The, the, you got got by Indiana. But those athletes are still there. It, it's still going to happen. You have a bye week, a bye week, two weeks to, to fix this too. I mean, you got the talent there. Okay, start maybe scheming things a little differently, start doing things a tad differently. And yeah, it, it, listen, the football season is a, a chess game. You have, you have 12 weeks. Okay, teams are going to catch on to what you do. Now you got to move past those moves. It, it's simple. And not only do I think that MSU is not overrated just because of who they have on their team and the defense has been playing so well, but also, like, l- l- look around. Look around. <laughs> this is an insane college football landscape this year. I mean, are you kidding me? Like, the, the AP Top 25. It's been a complete slaughterhouse this year. I think I God, I either heard it or read it somewhere through the grapevine that this is the most losses amongst the AP Top 25 
like at this point after like six or seven weeks than there's ever been in the history. Like it has just been a graveyard for AP top 25 teams. Like there's a lot of good teams in college football this year. There's not a ton of great ones though. I think Georgia you could peg for great. I think I hard stops there. I mean, no disrespect to Cincinnati, but I'm going to go ahead and disrespect you, I guess. I mean, yeah, like Iowa, number two in the country. Uh, they get completely steamrolled on the road. Oh, wait. Oh, no. That was at home. Like, it, it's it, it's it's not even just the road games that are biting people. Like, yeah, it's it, it's a complete minefield for the entire AP Top 25. So, no, like, listen, MSU didn't play perfect, but, hey, 7-0, that plays, and that seventh win comes against a starving Indiana team in front of a homecoming crowd off of a bye week. Like, yeah, no, that, uh, why would we apologize for that win? I, I'm not going to feel so horrible about that win. Yeah, the offense didn't cook, but you know what? That's why you have a defense, too. That's a team game. Um, uh, shades of the 2018 season, by the way. Not not in a good way where the defense is just carrying everything, but unlike the 2018 season, you got to win this time. So, yeah, uh, long story short, am I worried? Oh, I'm thrilled, please. 7-0, come on. I, that's just fantastic. Um. Guys, we will be back. Uh, we're going to go over things I uh, I did like. You know, I'm going to keep on doing that because that's what we do on Victory Monday. And, yeah, okay, I'll be a little bit of a Debbie Downer here. Don't get me wrong. I'm not jazzed about everything that happened on Saturday. We'll go over uh, a few things that I wasn't too tickled about either in the next segment. Nothing to yell about. Just, you know, concerns to point out before you, you know, go into a pretty important game October 30th. But first, need to talk to you fine folks about prize picks. That's right, guys. Prize Picks, the leader in college sports daily fantasy, offering more college football props than anyone in the world. That's right, guys. They offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may have never even heard of. So, how do you do it? Well, go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Prize Picks app today. Go deposit. That's right, deposit. But with this promo code locked on, that's all one word, locked on. Use Locked On as your promo code. You're going to unlock a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. All right. From there, you pick two to five players and just pick the over-under on their projected stats. You could do passing yards, receiving yards, number of touchdowns, interceptions thrown, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's not you against another lineup. No, no, no. It's just you against the projected numbers. And they also allow mixed sports entries. So if you're enjoying the MLB playoffs right now, yeah, it's just dabble in like i don't know chris sale strikeouts and Jaden reed receiving yards on the same slip not bad uh and guys my favorite part actually two favorite parts i always alternate which one's my favorite part when i do this entries can be made in 60 seconds or less i things that are quick done all right let's get it popping and they offer safe and fast withdrawals no sketchy checks coming in from you know, this Somalia or the Caribbean. I don't know, wherever you are, the other sketchy sites. But don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN. Or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So let's uh, get in on some things that we still loved about Saturday's game. And we will dabble on the defense here in a little bit. But uh, uh, MVP, I was going to say a low-key MVP of the game. But it's not really low-key at all, actually. i got to stop using that word. It's just, no, it's just a legitimate MVP candidate. You're probably putting him on your top three for stars of the game. And it's, it's, it's friend of the program. That's right. The guy who we made NIL history with, Matt Coglin. Um... You know, just two field goals totaling a uh, hundred yards worth of made kicks. Uh, no, it was incredible. It's probably been his best game, and 
got quite some time. It's the second time this season where he's made every field goal he's kicked. The other one being uh, when he went two for two against Western Kentucky with uh, two chip shots, really. I mean, but wow, the, phew, lining up from 49 yards. Okay, all right. And then going back and doing it from 51 yards? That's not bad. No, that, that plays. That plays. No, I'm sorry. Strike that. Reverse it. It was the first one from 51 yards, the second one from 49 yards. Uh, regardless, it, very, very clutch, very, very impressive. And it didn't look like the most favorable kicking conditions either. Swirling winds. Anytime the, the TV broadcast does a tight shot and the little orange flag on top of the upright, like you you know it's probably not a great day to be, uh, be out there kicking the ball. But uh, no, Coughlin, no, he, he made sure it was. And Goes without saying, uh, okay, those two kicks are worth six points. MSU wins the game by five. Do that little Spartan math right there. And, yeah, that's nope, those are two crucial, crucial kicks. So, yeah, it's it's been it's it's been an up-and-down season for Coughlin. And, listen, like, I mean, we've talked about it before. Some of the field goal situations that he's been put in is are a little odd at times. I mean, you know, lining up for, what, the 90-yarder the, the against Northwestern or you know, just like a weird 50-yarder against Youngstown when you really didn't need it. Anyway. He showed up today, or showed up Saturday, rather. And MSU doesn't win without him. It was a, a, a great, great game. And, you know, that's that's an awesome game to see your kicker have going into the back half of the season, too. I mean, listen, we, we all know how much of a mental game kicking is. And when your guy is just drilling from 50 yards out in windy conditions, both right down Main Street, too. Like, no doubters off the foot, <laughs> keep in mind. Uh, no, that's... Uh, that's a pleasant sight for these green and white eyes right there. Um, another game that probably comes into mind is back in 2019, and this is a this was all research. I don't remember this offhand, but going four for four against Tulsa to kick off the 2019 season when he had three field goals made, uh, all from 40 yard distances, and then another one from like 30 something yards. So yeah, it's 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 been you know just like with any college kicker in the nation. This isn't a slight. Like this is just how it happens in college kicking. It's it's been up and down. For Coughlin, but man, that's whew, that is going to have to be up there with one of his best games, if not the best game he's had in his career to date yet. So yeah, shout out to Coughlin right there. Uh, the defense was just like we said, incredible. I mean, Jacob Slade, uh, credit him. I, I know the announcer said that. I'm going to steal what they said um, when Darius Snow had the interception. But you you got to credit Jacob Slade for that interception. Just absolutely, oh god, getting after Jack Tuttle like he was at running of the Bulls. It was. Felt bad. That's just a lot of man coming at him, and he just he hoed the ball right up there for anyone to grab. And yeah, that was uh, it was good old Darius that came down with that one. Uh, Cal Halliday's interception that happened fast. That was incredible. Um, it was almost like he was in the huddle <laughs> for the play. Like that's that's how quick he reacted to everything and seamless he was in jumping the route and well grabbing the ball with that's right no gloves and uh, housing housing the ball. Really thought he was going to try to lay a shoulder into uh, Tuttle and try to steamroll him over into the end zone, but uh, Cal Halliday p- played a little nice there at, at the end. So, no, incredible from him. And cornerbacks, not not terrible, not bad. I mean, yeah, it, sure, solid. I mean, I, like what we're seeing with Ronald Williams, Marky Lowry, okay. I mean, he, he kind of limped off the field there. He played, yeah, okay. Um, Kimbra, obviously, f- fine. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I had an interception. That'll help. So, no, everything uh, from the defense, I mean, what was there not to like about it? I mean, they they got to the quarterback when they absolutely had to, especially at the end of the game there. And, yeah, it was another game against the offensive line that's been pretty vulnerable this season. We saw that against Nebraska. We saw it against Rutgers. But, 
you know what, when you could actually do it, take advantage of it, that's great. I mean, it's just like a good team winning the games that they should. Like, it's a solid unit going up against another unit that they should dominate, and they did. I mean, it's very (laughs) assuring to see that happen because it doesn't always go that way. And on that note, let's just get into some things that I wasn't necessarily jazzed about. Um, Some quick things that I don't find issue with long-term, like Reed dropping the touchdown. Okay, happens. Uh, Thorne forcing a lot of things more than usual. I mean, yeah, you hear me every Victory Monday talk about how smart he was with the ball. I think he was pressing sometimes more than we've ever seen him do it during the game, but I, I, I'm not going to concer- be concerned about it long term. We've seen Reed have, not Reed, we've seen Thorne you know, have good bounce back games. I mean, think of the Nebraska second half that was abysmal to the Western Kentucky game. Yeah, okay, the Hilltoppers defense isn't world class, but hey, Thorne still did what he had to do and shredded the Hilltoppers defense in the first half. So no, I mean, listen, he's he's a student of the game, if you will. Uh, he's a, a first one in, last one to leave sort of guy. Any other cliche you want to pull out for the coach's kid, I'm not going to be too concerned about it. With that said, with that said, I, I will be concerned about the offensive line. Um, we talk about just a few minutes ago uh, a dominant group taking advantage against another position group on the other team that they should absolutely have the upper hand with that's not what really happened in the run game and yeah we talked on friday that they do have some good athletes on indiana's defense like mike mcfadden fine linebacker fine linebacker with that said though indiana still came in as one of the worst big 10 teams in yards per carry and they absolutely stifled the kenneth walker show uh held him to 3.7 yards per carry <laughs> listen i does this derail the Heisman campaign? No, I don't think it does. Listen, the man still leads the nation in rushing. I mean, it's it's a hiccup for sure, a big one at that. But no, I mean, I don't think this is cause for massive panic for Kenneth Walker. I think it's cause for concern for the offensive line, though. I mean, we've all heard the nickname, Kenneth Walker, the eraser. The offensive line uh, misses a few blocks, but Kenneth Walker is able to dance around it and, you know, make something out of nothing. Not the case at all Saturday. I mean, he wasn't even getting the chance to react on some of these. Like, that's how bad the blocks were missed, and that's how easily Indiana's front four got into the backfield. It it was not good. He I, I felt like he couldn't get any real help all game. And I I don't think it was the play calling either, because I like the idea that they had in the second half. They went with more misdirection. I liked the screens that they were throwing out there too, but it was just moments where it's like, okay, hey, if we get one block, we can get five, seven yards. Okay, great block didn't get laid down and all right here we are uh second and 12 second and 13 okay awesome so no that was a concern and I I still don't know what to make of this platoon system thing where you're playing nine offensive linemen and I get it's a very unique situation with like you know the added COVID years and everything like that and just the the general experience that MSU has gotten with their offensive line thanks to injuries that have happened the last two years so you do have guys that have been promoted to start and get experience I I, I think I'm starting to side with the the louder crowd now that's saying no why are we doing this nine offensive line thing find your core find your 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 five guys your core five and then swap out when you have to kicking Jarvis out to right tackle and bringing in another platoon like why are we doing this like just send out your, your five best guys. And maybe the bye week is finally a time where they say, okay, let's crunch the film. Let's go into practice. Let, let's 
focus on who's going to give our offense the best chance to move the ball forward. So Kenneth Walker doesn't have to fight for his life every single time he gets the handoff. Hey, it's really fun when he shakes and shimmies out and then bangs out a 15-yard run. Not so fun when that ain't happening, though. I mean, it's it, 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 was, it was just not good. I mean, and I'm not faulting Walker at all. Eventually, Kenneth has got to get some help. Yes, he is the eraser, but man, throw the eraser a bone every once in a while. It just... Kill tempo when you just can't run the ball like that. And also, do you know what really kills tempo? Uh, how about 134 penalty yards uh, on 12 flags for the Spartans? Not ideal. Not ideal. And of course, uh, hey, once again, uh, that includes an illegal formation penalty on a punt that erased an incredible Bryce Berenger punt that would have tucked Indiana inside the five-yard line. Instead, nope, the punt unit, last week it was uh, they can't snap the ball in time or false starts. This week it's we can't line up to punt the ball correctly, so that punt's erased, and now, all right, hey, Indiana, how about instead of inside the five, you get to start around the 20-yard line. How about that? And they turn that drive into a field goal. So it really unfocused at times, really too unfocused at times. And listen, okay, I get that Panashuk's roughing the passer penalty is 15 yards um, in that total of 134. And I know it's it's a BS penalty, but also, and I don't get mad at me, but it's 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 been like that for long enough where you probably should know to not drive the quarterback into the ground. Listen, I, I'm also with you guys. It is a ridiculous penalty. It was a form tackle through and through just the same way that you, I, Jacob grew up playing the game. But yeah, in the last few years, you, you got to be a little gentler, right? which is a crazy word to use in the game of football. But listen, it's just the matter of fact of where we are right now in the game. You, you can't you can't do that, unfortunately. But that said, though, Jacob Panashuk, good game overall, I would say. Um, yeah, I just saw so the, the the penalties was a bummer. And you know what? This leads into my next point. I think it was Xavier Henderson that mentioned this in the uh, post-game presser, that the team has been thinking about the Michigan game for quite some time. And I was wrong about that. I, I don't think I said it on this podcast, but I went on a few other podcasts to help out Locked on Hoosiers and Locked on Big Ten, and both of them asked... Do you think that this will be a trap game with Michigan looming ahead? And I thought, well, no, you got the bye week in between, and if anything, Mel Tucker's been really good at having his team's focus for whoever they're going up against, whether it be a Youngstown State team or a Nebraska team or a road game at Rutgers. Like, the team's focused all the time. That, that, no, I was not right there. Uh, I think that there was a lapse in focus and shown by the penalty yards right there, and maybe looking ahead to the Michigan game was a reason for that perhaps. Um, and there's also something coming up this bye week that's unfolding right now that also has to get short up so your team's not distracted as well. And uh, we'll talk about that after this little break here. That's right. That's what we like to call a tease in the old podcasting industry. Um, but first, I need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. Built Bar. That's right. Guys, limited time flavor cookie dough chunk is on the website. That's right, builtbar.com. These fly off the shelf, so get there before it's gone. Uh, or if you miss out on cookie dough chunk, they got coconut almond, coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. Guys, you've heard me talk about Built Bar for months, years, a long time. And for good reason, because they are delicious. They are the best tasting protein bar in the entire world. It's not your typical protein bar where you bite into it and you, you know, tastes like you're eating sawdust wrapped up in some crappy chocolate. No, these are legit. And they're not just legit on the taste buds, but they are legit on the body. Most of the flavors, 17 grams of protein, 
only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. It's amazing. I don't know how they do it. And yet, make a delicious protein bar as well. Go to BillPart.com right now, guys. Use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your first order. Go to BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15, that's all one word, and you will get 15% off your order. Guys, I'm going to hit you home with that one more time. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So Saturday's post-game press conference happens, and okay, it comes out that, yeah, some Spartans are already looking ahead to the uh, undefeated showdown against the Wolverines. Uh, in two weeks. Okay, fine. Whatever. I mean, hey, that's that happens. How could you not? <laughs> um, you know what else is a great distraction too during set by week where you got to get a few things right and make sure that you are on top of your game mentally. Um, a great distraction for that is coaching rumors midseason, and that is what we've got right here in old sunny East Lansing. That's right, as Coach Ed Orgeron is leaving the LSU Tigers program, a place that Mel Tucker spent some time at, as he's spent time at roughly 47 schools in the nation. But yeah, that's a stop in the Mel Tucker lineage right there. And yeah, it's not fun. A lot of articles coming out already, uh, 24-7 Sports, Free Press, ESPN, anywhere you find college football news. He has made a lot of these lists of like, oh, Mel Tucker, or oh, wow, LSU brass is really high in Mel Tucker, and they're going to try to go get him. Before we get any further into it, like I, I can't say I'm too surprised that this is happening. If anything, I'm surprised how fast this happened. I mean, if you went back and listened to the podcast when back when Will was on, we would get mailbag questions all the time. It's like, oh, do you think uh, Mel Tucker will stay here for a while? It's like, ah. I think that things will go right here, and then he'll get poached for a big job like Texas A&M or Florida, for example, or yada, yada, yada. I, I, did, I just thought that would be happening in, like, 2024, you know, um, 2023 at the earliest. But, no, hey, here we are, year number two. And with that said, though, that means things are going right here in East Lansing. Like, that, that's that's the, the silver lining, I, I suppose, with, with all this uh, headache and whatnot, so... I've broke it up into two things, like why he would leave for LSU um, and why he would stay with Michigan State. And listen, why he would leave, I mean, right off the top, it's not like he's not accustomed to jumping around. I mean, (laughs) no one has forgotten how he got to East Lansing. He spent 12 minutes at Colorado, basically, and then um, when we doubled our offer and said, oh, well, hey, we're going to really upgrade your salary, he jumped ship, like, okay, perfect, great, awesome. Um and it goes without saying that LSU, that's a very prestigious job. I mean, it's a top 10 revenue school. Uh, there's sensational talent in SEC country if you do want to build a national title contender. Uh, it is the premium conference in the country. I'm, I'm sorry, fellow Big Ten fans, but, like, I, yeah, I consider me one of the people that drinks the SEC Kool-Aid. I think that is the premier conference. And, uh, listen, I'm sure LSU would pay handsomely. I mean, Coach O was making close to $9 million a year. That's 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 healthy. That's healthy. Right now, Mel Tucker somewhere around the $5.5 million range. But you know what? As we shift to why he would stay at Michigan State, let's stay on that topic of money, actually. MSU, right off the, right off the jump from Colorado, made Mel a top 15 paid head coach in the country. Up ahead, in the near future... Uh, is going to be a very pivotal moment in Michigan State's 
program history, and I don't think that's exaggeration at all. It's it's either are you going to be jumping all in and saying that you are a big boy in the college football landscape and you will pay the big bucks to keep coaches like Mel Tucker around, or are you going to say, ah, no, we, we really can't do seven, eight. Mm. If if they do offer $9 million for Mel Tucker, I think it would be crazy for LSU to do, but hey, I mean, okay, fine, if they do, can you match it? And all things considered, and not, not to be spending other people's money, but it's very clear that there are some good benefactors in Michigan State's corner here. Uh, and it is very clear that they are serious about their program, all things considered. It's not just Mel's salary right now, but it's also the assistant pool salary is one of the best in the country as well. There's going to be renovations to the football facilities on the very near horizon. So if, 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 or slash when Mel decides to leave, don't make it be about money. If it comes out that he jumps for $8 million a year somewhere, whether it be LSU, USC, or a few years down the road, no, no, you got to make it very clear. It's like, no, we were prepared to match. We did match. We had it in front of him. He just left. Listen, yeah, hey, I'm not saying I'm going to be paying the $8 million. I, I know how uh, odd it is for me to just be talking willy-nilly about people's money like this, but let's also not be naive. There's some money in college athletics, and there's some money in East Lansing as well. So, yeah, let's uh, let's be serious about it this time around. Um, it, it, okay, also, and now you're going to have to bear with me here for the second point of why Melbourne would stay at MSU. And... I would love to pick other people's brains on this, but it, it may seem weird, but I think jumping after year two at a place like he would MSU uh, is harder than jumping after year one like he did at Colorado. Like, okay, one year, like, I, your chair's not even warm. Like, you're there, but things aren't really set in stone like they are after year two. Like, right now, I think MSU really has a blueprint with Mel Tucker. I think he's making some some great roads with recruiting branding, getting himself comfortable in East Lansing and really putting MSU on the map. Whereas Colorado, like after one year, it's like, listen, this is a really crappy thing to do is leave after one year. But I mean, I haven't been here really long enough yet to, you know, put my roots in the ground where I think after two years, I think that kind of does happen here at MSU. And also I think the jump from Colorado to MSU is a bigger jump than MSU to LSU. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying MSU is on the same plane as LSU. Listen, I love our Spartans, of course, but I want to be rational about this. Like, LSU is probably a top 10 job in the country. But with that said, Michigan State is probably a top 20 job, or if you don't think that highly, maybe a top 25 job. Is it worth it all to go from a job that we'll call like a top 20 job to a top 10 job? Is it worth it all? To go to a place that just fired a head coach two years after winning a national title goes without saying there are insane expectations down in SEC country, and that does not go away even after you win a national title. And yes, okay, I understand the recent stories about Coach O and allegations of some hijinks going on there. Let, let's not let's let's be adults about this. If LSU was barnstorming to another eleven and one season or ten and two season. Something uh, something tells me that maybe those stories might not be an issue. Uh, let's let's be let's not kid ourselves here. It's the winning and the losing part, which well, recently they're doing more losing than winning. Um, yeah, it's it's it'd be it'd be, it'd be really tough. Listen, he, he's beloved beloved in East Lansing right now. I think he feels that. Um, I think his bank account feels it right now, and this is also going to be a massive massive moment for Alan Haller. That's right. Hey, new AD. Come on down. Deal with uh, contract negotiations and extensions and all that fun stuff. 
can you shore this up in the bye week? What better way to... What better way to iron out any contract wrinkles than in a bye week? Don't let this be a thing or distraction. Today, Monday, as you listen to this, Mel Tucker will be at his press conference, and I would bet a good sum of money that he will be asked about other college openings. Like, well, LSU. We will all be glued to what he says in that press conference. And also, at the same time, I'm going to take everything he says with a grain of salt because at Colorado, he also said that he was staying while the ink on his signature for the MSU contract was drying. Um, but let's say, or can you actually get something done during this bye week? I know it would be crazy, you know, that there's still five games left in the season. They could clunk out and go 8-4 and four to end the year. But still, I, I think now is a very good and important moment in Michigan State's program history to, hey, Mel, uh, I know you're preparing for Michigan for the next two weeks here. You got, you got some time here to talk about how we can get more uh, millions in your bank account and you could stay right here in East Lansing for the time being. Yeah, thanks. Oh, yeah, we're going to increase your buyout, too, uh, if you don't mind. So, yeah, hey, Alan Haller, come on down, man. Huh? <laughs> this, is, this is your first big test, your first big rodeo as athletic director. So, uh, good luck. Call me if you need anything, Al, Alan. Um, would, would love to help. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's all the fun going on in East Lansing. Hey, 7-0. Coach might be leaving, but probably not. If you really want my percentage on it, I, I'm sorry, I should end with this. Um, and as you guys know, if you listened to my podcast before, um, first of all, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, you guys know how probably panicky I can be at times. I'm probably on the uh, ooh, the more on edge type of, of fan. Um, with that said, I think the percentage of Mel Tucker leaving for LSU give me 34%. Still don't think it will happen. I, I think it's more likely to not happen than to happen. But still, like... I. Listen, it's like for all the reasons I said, he has jumped around quite some time. A lot of talent down there, comfortable down there, yada, yada, yada. But also, hey, I mean, MSU, I think, I think can match whatever LSU wants to give them. So, hey, I'll say it one more time. Don't make it a money thing. Um, All right, guys, we will be back. We got a full week of shows ahead. Um, We're going to be talking with Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes. We booked that interview before his Hawkeyes went down to Purdue, unfortunately. (laughs) So that'll be a good conversation. Just Big Ten banter as we head into the bye week. We will be talking with Andy Isaac or uh, World of Isaac on Twitter, as you may know him. We'll have Stephen Brooks in sometime this week. And, uh, yeah, do you know what? We actually have a former player, Mark Dell, in for an interview. So, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, what's going on in his life, um, just what his experience in the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry was like. So, yeah, we got a full slate of shows ahead. And if you guys need some more Big Ten football in your life, go check out my guy Nate Dickinson on the Locked On Big Ten podcast. That's right, fantastic, uh, fantastic guy, fantastic show. So, all right, guys. Hey, on that note, let's uh, let's have a Monday and let's uh, let's all try to keep the heart rate down while we watch the Mel Tucker press conference later on. All right, guys. Love you all. Go Green.